Happy October, everyone. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast. It is really officially fall. I mean, I know we've been in technically been in fall for a bit, but now it's starting to feel like it. And we're gearing up here in New York to get our sweaters on and our boots on and all these lovely things that I get so excited for (laughs) all year, all summer at least. I'm waiting for this time to come in and it's here and it feels so good. Bring on the pumpkin smells and the autumn teas and all these juicy things. Today's episode is going to be an interview where I was the interviewee on someone else's podcast. I don't do this too often, but the episode that I did with Sam on her podcast called The Inner Experience was such a good one. It was so good, so juicy. We were both really in a good flow that day. And some of the things we talk about include what it means to feel safe in your feminine essence as a modern day woman, why receiving help can be so hard and how mainstream society plays a huge part in this struggle, how to let go of perfectionism and soften your edges physically to begin to create change in a deeper connection to yourself. So listen to that part. Soften your edges physically within your body, letting your body relax and melt. As my Thai massage bestie would always say, It's as if you are this s'more, the chocolate and the marshmallow, just melting into each other. And the graham cracker, of course, we can't forget that. So we talk about these things. And then one of the parts of this episode that was my absolute favorite was when we were talking about feeling like you don't belong. Because when we recorded this podcast, I had done a very long Instagram story like the day before that really resonated with all of you. And I was talking about how I myself even though it may look like I have a massive community and I'm always doing things, I'm really someone who has struggled with feeling like I belong for most of my life. I have felt like a wanderer. I really have resonated with that quote, of course, from Tolkien of not all who wander are lost. I haven't been lost, but I have been a wanderer for most of my life. And both when I moved to Boulder and when I moved to New York City, I left the community that I'd spend I had spent the year, the years prior building, like when I moved from, uh, I, I mean, going all the way back to graduating high school, I graduated a year early and booked it out of there. So everyone that I had gone to school with all through those years just said, see ya. And I skipped my senior year and I went right to college. So then I went to University of Arkansas, spent two years there, went really deep with a sorority, made a close group of friends. And then I secretly applied to UT in Austin without telling anybody, got in, accepted, and then moved to UT Austin without telling any of these sorority sisters that I had spent so much time cultivating relationships with. Some of them didn't even know I was transferring. I just left. And then I get to Austin. I do two years there. And then this is the, even though those all sound like just skipping town, this is when I really did it. I did the two years of school and then spent six months living by myself, building this bodybuilding career for myself at the time. And then uh, realized I wanted to heal my body image, my heart, and I needed to get out of there. And I saw an admin position for working at a eating psychology school in Colorado, applied for this admin position. It wasn't anything big, but to me it was like an opportunity to get out. And I got in, they said, yeah, we need you here within the week. And I found someone to sublease and take over my apartment, shipped and FedExed all of my stuff to Colorado, found an apartment in Colorado uh, without even going to, just found one, said, yes, sign me up for a six month lease. got rid of all the things I could not travel with by either donating it and or you know leaving it outside. I did all of this within two days. Two days. Humans are resourceful. When we want something to happen, we can make it happen. This is one of my biggest messages. I think that anything is possible. Creating the money that you want to create in order to have that coach, whether it's putting on a credit card or asking someone to give you money back that you once loaned out or asking for an early birthday present or creating some sort of an installment program with your parents if they can help you out financially or putting your coaching services out there, getting three clients, then using that money to hire the coach. Like you can do these things. It is not outside of your capability. I promise. If I can do all of that within two, two days, 
and get in my car and leave town, then you can do that. Okay, that was a side note tangent. But basically, yeah, two days. And then I booked it and I told goodbye to one friend out of the whole community I had made. And then recently, I just did this again. Like, I lived in Boulder the past six years. I realized I was done. I have a great community there, but I knew I was over with it. And I went traveling with a guy that I had met after our third date. And we traveled for six months together. Um, yeah, if you're new to the podcast, that was a whole big thing. We were traveling all around and then we decided to go separate ways. And then I needed to figure out where I wanted to be. I knew it wasn't Colorado anymore. So I picked New York. So here I am. And yet, even though it's introduced me to all of these wonderful people and I've been gifted the opportunity to live different places and it's beautiful and I love being a wanderer. There's also underneath that in the shadow, a feeling of not really belonging somewhere. So that's the thing. Um, So we talk about that today. We talk about that. It's really fun. It's a delightful conversation. We make light of it. It's actually very funny. I think me and Sam would be good friends in real life. So have a listen to this. Enjoy it. I would love to know your thoughts. And that's that's all I want to share today. Yeah, well, let's get into it. It's a great episode. I know you're going to love it. Subscribe to her podcast and I'll see you there. Maddie Moon, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I'm excited to dive into today's topic. For having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, you're sharing some absolute fire at the moment that I'm totally resonating with. And so I wanted to jam today on all things divine feminine and looking at this, you know, woman in the world that's on a mission, that's wanting to achieve big things, but doesn't want to lose sight of that feminine within her, right? Or even wants to, wants to understand if that feminine is, um, is still there. Cause sometimes like, I remember like having that feeling of like, girl, is, do I even have a feminine within me? Like I'm so on mission on purpose that I don't even know if it's there. And I would love to know your take on this because you're someone who I see in the world doing big things, making impact, but you're also someone that I see as very feminine and having a beautiful masculine and feminine that harmonize and dance together. And I love that about you. So what's your kind of, um, what's your take on women on mission in the world that want to do big things that want to understand this dance? That is a very big question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My take is that if you want to do big things, it must come from the place of uh, your unique brilliance, which is your feminine. So by the time that people are listening to this interview, do they have an understanding of what the lineage is of David Data? Okay. So um, oftentimes I think people who are, especially since we're in the context of women, Women who are really wanting to go out and achieve goals and build a business, build an empire, um, there is so much emphasis on the doing when we really find our juiciest places in our beingness. And I think what a lot of people don't understand whenever they're excited about going into their feminine is that in order to be in your feminine, to really be in your feminine and to feel safe in your feminine, you have to first come to be really close with your masculine. And the true masculine, the pure, beautiful, healthy masculine, the divine masculine is not, I got to go do everything. And if I don't do everything, then I'm going to fall behind in my goals and my business. And then I won't make enough money if I don't make enough. Blah, blah, blah. Like mm-hmm. that is up in the air. And what we want to do is ground this airy energy that's totally in the head down, 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 down into the root into the legs, into the earth. We want to bring that energy down. So someone who is wanting to, be, to do big things, are they wanting to do big things because they want to build things and they want to be an online entrepreneur and they want to have lots of Instagram followers? See, that's really in the head. You can even hear the way I'm talking about it. It's in the head. Or do they want to create and they want to build great things and do they want to have an empire, right? Like there's a difference even the way that I'm speaking about it because energetically it feels very different. 
And in order, I know your questions are on the feminine, but I really want to make it clear that in order for the feminine to, to exist and to be nourished and to be planted and to grow, to feel creative, to feel like the luscious energy of creativity, we need to feel safe. Mm-hmm. How do we feel safe? By having a very healthy relationship with our own masculine. So that's the first thing is I would even say before going deep into your feminine, before concentrating on, or maybe not concentrating because again, that's in the head, but before really making it your mission to feel into your feminine energy, what what do your containers look like? How do your goals feel? Do they feel rigid and constricted or do they feel safe and secured? Do they feel like borders or or do you have um, uh, boundaries? Right? There's a difference. Are you creating walls around your life or are you creating like a safe haven? And I think in order, I know if we want to truly let go and surrender and, and dance, ecstatic dance, we have to have a safe room with four walls in order to be able to do so. We can't just ecstatically dance on the top of a, of a cliff with no gate around it with a blindfold on right? Because we will die. We will dance <laughs> right all off that cliff. But if we know that, okay, we have a blindfold on and it's kind of scary, but I'm going to dance anyways because I know that there's a gate around this cliff that it will catch me. We can dance our heart out because we're safe to do so. So having a very healthy relationship with our own masculine where we can set our own containers for our practices, where we can set goals that feel nourishing and they're love-driven, not ego-driven, not likes-driven, not keep up with um, whatever the other Instagram stars are doing right now, but really and truly, what do I need as a human being, as my own queen, my own goddess, um, depending on whether you are a Leo or an Aquarius, depending on whether you're a projector or a generator, like it's going to look different for everybody with what you specifically need with your own masculine. It's going to look different. Mm. And once we are really coming to terms with how we want our own inner warrior to show up with his consciousness, then we can look at, well, how does my feminine dance with that? How does my feminine goddess bring her love light and energy and flow and, and like pleasure when she knows that she's safely held by her own King. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is the most powerful combination, the most powerful. I am, I am someone who, uh, if we look at my birth chart, everything is fire. (laughs) I am so fire. I'm everything fire. I'm Pitta. I am a Sagittarius moon. I am a Leo sun. I have my rising or how does it, my Mars is right on my ascendant line. So Mars, the planet of aggression is literally on my identity. Like I am just so much fire. E-N-F-J leader. Like I'm, you know, but you know, I'm a projector also. So there's like a little bit of <laughs> like slowing downness to it, but I was built to be a very aggressive go-getter in a family of very aggressive go-getters. We're all fire. Mm -hmm. And if you sit in on our conversations, you'll hear everyone talking over everyone. There's four people talking at once all the time. I was not raised in in a family where we're like, can I give you my (laughs) thoughts on what you're sharing right now? Do I have permit? Like, no, it was everyone like projecting and talking over each other, blah, blah, blah. And you know, that, that was really interesting for me to grow up in that space and then come out into the real world where I'm just nothing but fire. And I am so grateful for my driven ambition because it led me to create it. I've never had that problem, you know, with quotation marks where I am afraid of taking a chance because I have too much in me of just doing the thing, which has been great. And it's also held me back in so many ways. I created eating disorders. I had OCD. I have sensory processing disorder, which means textures can drive me bonkers up the wall to tears. If I have my socks on too tight, I will cry. Like it hurts me physically. Like there's just a lot that I couldn't sit in. There's a lot in my life that I couldn't just, just sit with it. And that's why like coming to the feminine has been so amazing for me to realize, oh, you know, I've got this sensory processing disorder where it's very hard for me to listen to loud sounds and my practices. How can I listen to these loud bangs and also feel pleasure in my body? Mm. And that has been the same 
practice that I put into my life in every realm. All right, I have this client who is really poking out my wounds and it hurts and my my ambitious driven side wants to go and accomplish and fix it. You know, fix it. Like the masculine likes to likes to do because the masculine just wants to end everything that's like that. Just stop it, fix it, solve it. And in my feminine practice, it is how can I be with this trigger and also find pleasure in my body and relax and breathe and open and become energy in this moment and to reveal my feelings like yeah so i i i don't think okay it is possible to create your own personal empire and world where you are your own boss without the feminine it's possible anything is possible and i think that and I know you're talking to Kendra and she'll talk all about this, but I think a big death will happen if someone experiences a massive masculine presence in their own life within them, but they don't also tend to their feminine garden. They will be missing out. Mm. They will be missing out on their own ability to, to let go. Mm -hmm. to, to freaking like, I mean, I, all my clients are just like, Madeline, I don't want to do it all. I don't want to be it all. I don't want to take care of everything, but also I don't want to be seen as weak. I don't want to be seen as weak. It is such a gift to allow yourself to, to risk being seen as weak because you get to nap more, you get to let go, you get to go do frivolous stuff like writing creative fiction. Maybe you get to sunbathe a little more. Like you just get to indulge in pleasure when you're not afraid and terrified of being seen as weak. Mm. Yeah, it's that's so good. Like, and it's almost like it can only last so long is what I see. It's like it only you can only go so long before you're just like, oh my God, like somebody walk in and like take off this like big cement block that I'm holding and like help. Like it gets to that point and whether you ask for help or you don't, your body will tell you, like your things will start to tell you. That's what I've experienced. Like even more so recently, it was like, I knew I was going in to work with London and Justin and the week leading up, it was like, my safety things were getting triggered. I was in earthquakes. I was in fire evacs. I was in all these things. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm not one for like having somebody come and save me, but shit, if someone was going to walk through the door right now and just like say, Hey, I'll look after you. That wouldn't be an issue. Um, it, it's just, it's just pride in the stories that we tell about yeah. receiving help. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not a surprise because we are, we live in this society. Right. Like we are taught since we're little to go through the school system to one day get a job or to get a husband and have someone else take care of you or be the breadwinner without any emotions, keep everything together, be separate, live in your own little house, you know, move out from your families. If you live with your family too long, there's shame around that. Yeah. Um, but if you don't take care of your family, there's shame around that. Like there, there's just so many mixed messages. And one of them that is just obviously the most prevalent in our society is to do it all. And when, the minute you get online, you see everybody else is doing it all. So mm -hmm. you should be able to it's, it's, it's just, it's so damaging. Yeah. So it, I, I love, I love the idea of communities where everyone helps everyone. Right. You know, like we receive help. And one of the things that one of my friends would do whenever I would pay for our coffee or lunch, she would just go, Oh, receive, 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 receive. Because <laughs> she had to remind herself to receive because it was so uncomfortable. But she didn't hide it, right? She, she was being very upfront and forthcoming about her resistance to receiving. She would let me know. She would just be like, oh, I got to receive, I got to receive, I got to receive. Thank you. And it was so funny. And I do that all the time now because it is something I have to verbally say out loud. Like, receive, Madeline. I know this is hard, but just receive the help because they are happy that you are receiving and you're happy too. Cause it feels good to be seen as worthy of receiving. Mm, yes. That's so true. Like when, so you, had you always had this good relationship with your feminine? And, no. Okay. What, no. when did this start for you? So that's like the whole bodybuilding fire, like, mm. like fire energy. Like I, I was completely disconnected to this. So for everyone listening that's unfamiliar with me, I used to be a bodybuilder. I had eating disorders. I was a fitness competitor. I would get on a stage and seven spray tan coats. And I, I had so much pride. I was the most prideful stick figure that ever existed. Like I, I just, I, I, I wanted to be seen as everything. I wanted to, to be one of the guys. I wanted to be seen as hardcore, as like the nutrition 
um, smarty pants person who could do it all. And I graduated early, blah, blah, blah. Like I just wanted everyone to see me as a certain way. It was, it was perfection mm. and a need to be special and different. Like that was always kind of my thing. I need to be special. I need to be different. I need to be one of the guys too. And I was so disconnected from my body. I had shame around having a female body. Um, my upbringing did not help with that at all. I was raised in a very conservative and not to say that religion is the the sole reason for this because everyone is raised in different environments with different levels of openness and contraction in religion. And mine was on the air of major contraction. Um, and so there was a lot of shame around sex and being a feminine creature and, I just felt disconnected, like, ugh. And if you feel like, ugh, about your yoni, I don't know, can I say pussy on this? Go for it. If you, I don't know, if one of your audience is like, ugh, Go for you know, it. if this is too much. Okay, yeah, if you feel like, ugh, around your pussy, like your, your root, your, your sensual, indulgent powerhouse of creativity, the place where you're going to birth a poem, mm -hmm. the place where you're going to birth a baby maybe, the place where you're going to birth a life, a business, that's where it's all birthed. Mm -hmm. And if you feel ugh about that, you're going to feel ugh about everything you create. And so because I felt so disconnected from this part of my body, this tender, beautiful, loving, soft, hurt, pain, pained out part of my body that just wanted love, like the little inner child actually lives there. My inner child definitely was my pussy. <laughs> like, I just want you to love me. Um, and because I was so against that and beating myself up all the time, it just like rippled into every area of my life. And with the OCD and all this, I just, I had no pleasure in my body. I had no love for my body fat. I had no healthy tools for, for releasing my tears in a way that's connected to my heart and sharing my truth in a way that actually brings me closer to love and me closer to myself and then hopefully closer to others that I'm sharing with. Um, and I owe so much of this to John Wineland and Kendra Kunoff. Like, so, so they're, I, they're the only teachers I've ever been like, you are my teachers. Yeah. I've, I found my teachers. I'm all set and they trigger me and they frustrate me and I put all my mommy daddy wounds onto them and they talk about this all the time like in our tight-knit container like this happens this comes up and it's a lot of resistance and but like they have like taught me so much and I'm continuously growing with them just my experiences what what they teach of course but just interacting with them and also being an assistant with them mm -hmm. having to learn how to be in my masculine one minute to take care of the container get shit done and then the next minute like be in my pleasure and be a practitioner and then next minute listen to them telling me what to do and then having me having to battle don't tell me what to do like my own internal thing and then finding pleasure within that and like this is constant dance of having my masculine rise and then my feminine nourish that I don't know exactly what it is but it's like there's this it's just definitely a dance where I allow my masculine energy to rise up and it's beautiful and strong but within that I find the pleasure I find the love light I find the joy and I find the places I can soften oh that is mm. really what all this is about my entire life since doing this feminine masculine work has been about softening the edges mm -hmm. not changing or fixing softening right and that's probably a good one to look at and to go deeper into the softening thing because softening doesn't mean weak doesn't mean powerless doesn't mean like you know this the feminine is just like just is soft right it's like this there's a bit of um language around this or um what's the word like there's just this thing around softening so what does it mean to soften your edges hmm well, there is a, there's an energetic, there's a physical, and we'll just stick with those two. Energetically, softening your edges means to, actually, I want to start with the physical. Physical, it means to soften the places in your body mm. that are, you're holding tension. Mm -hmm. Like If you want to soften something in your life, ah, my boyfriend is out with his ex-girlfriend for coffee. It hurts. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Where, where am I holding the hate? Where am I holding the tension? Oh, my forehead. Okay, just soften that. 
Where else am I holding? Oh, my arms. Okay, soften this. Where else am I holding my hatred and anger and jealousy that my boyfriend's out with his ex-girlfriend getting coffee? Oh, my pussy. How do I soften that? <laughs> of course. <laughs> and softening the body. And then breath, bringing in more breath. Okay, I'm not breathing. My jaw is tight because I'm so angry. Okay, open my jaw. Release my jaw. Bring in more breath. Like that's the first place to start. Mm. If something is bothering you, triggering you, angering you, making you jealous, bringing in your shadow, soften your physical body and bring in more breath. Step one. That will, that will energetically soften, right? Like when we soften the places in our body that we're holding tension, embodying softness, we begin to energetically embody softness. And then, and then of course, like there's still going to be some thoughts that are spiraling. And I think that's when I begin at least to, to start to think about, um, think about what's bringing me joy in this moment. Like literally just that, like, I'm so angry. I'm so mad. What is beautiful about the moment though? Wow. I feel that's beautiful. That softens, that softens you simply thinking about what is beautiful in this moment. Um, something that I have learned with John and Kendra is how to create art out of things that upset me that's helped me to soften so I am a jealous person I get super jealous and that was always something that <laughs> really just it's so funny so my twin flame and I had a phone call last night and we haven't talked in two years um it was it was just a, he called me at like 1 a.m and I was like sure let's talk we both have our birthdays coming up and we always seem to break up around our birthdays and so we were on each other's mind for whatever we just talked for like an hour and we were laughing because Three years ago, I got so mad and jealous because he was complimenting a picture of me from 10 years ago. <laughs> I was jealous of myself and I was just projecting onto him. Like I was, he saw a picture of me and he's like, oh, you're so hot there. And I was like, ah, you don't think I'm hot now? Like, I was just so upset. I was jealous of me three years ago. <laughs> And it's so funny. And like, that's how, and like, that would cause a fight, like a fight where he couldn't help and I couldn't help because I didn't have the tools for it. And now there's something that John and Kendra have taught us about creating sacred art around the things that are very real. Like maybe I am feeling jealousy. How can I make that fun? Mm -hmm. Maybe even create polarity to where we end up in bed together because it's kind of hot. And last night I was even thinking like, how would I have created art out of that? And for me, I probably like, today, this version of me at least, I would probably find an outfit that was exactly like the photo of what I was wearing. I'd probably come into the bedroom and I would probably do some sort of like show acting like I was that version of me 10 years ago. Oh, I'm Madeline. Like, oh, what am I going to do? Bodybuilding show? Like whatever it is that mm -hmm. I was going on in the photo. And that's a way we soften the edges because we're, we're bringing in humor and even polarity and we're, we're having fun with our own shadows. Mm, I love that. I'm like curious to know where, how you find the, the, the line between showing and expressing from your heart and then going into show and performance, you know? It's mm. a very good question. Like one of the best questions. It's mm. <laughs> such a good question. Um, I will be, I will share my truth obviously it's whose truth am I going to share? But my, my truth is <laughs> I've, I've never struggled with this. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard for me to, to, to say, um, because for me, when I embody a facial expression, I kind of just start to feel it really. Mm -hmm. So if, if you were to tell me like, touch the part of your heart that has the deepest longing for a relationship and for love. And if I was to touch that and I would just like allow myself to feel what I feel like if I was also to make eye contact with you and to like reveal my heart to you like just the opening and like the way that I can feel into that place in my heart and connect with you at the same time feels very true to me mm -hmm. and there's sometimes when we do practices where we do like sexier things right like we do a little bit of like dance. i'm sure you did this with london you know you 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 move as pleasure maybe you move like a cat and to some extent you got to get started in a way mm -hmm. that might not feel like it's automatically there like if you told me to purr like a kitty and like my paws like i would be doing those things do i auto automatically feel like a kitty maybe not 
from the start. But I think whenever you allow yourself to combine the movements and the embodiment with whatever you already know from your experiences, like heartache is just the easiest one for me to go into. I can go into it like that. And it feels very real. Mm -hmm. And, and dancing, if I was to go into my sacred slut and to, it would, there'd be a touch of performance to it, but a very real performance. And I think that's what the world of acting is teaching me because it is, we're performing. We have lines memorized, but bring yourself into it. Mm -hmm. Bring your memories, your heartache, your joy, your, the times you felt the sluttiest. Bring that into the lines that you have memorized or the thing that John is telling you to do. He's telling you to dance. Bring that into that. And it creates magic. And it's, it's combining of the two worlds. It's, it's a great question. And I think because I don't have a background of being a performer. Like I know a few women who come to these events and do this kind of work. And they have a background in performing and performing arts and dancing, like sexy dancing. Maybe they're pole dancing instructors. That's trickier for them. Yeah, and I can relate because I was, I grew up acting, dancing, singing, music theater, so very showy, very performancey. And so, um, you know, and even in the interview that I did with um, Jake Woodard on here, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, there was a point in the conversation where he was just like, he, he like called me out on it, like on this showy thing. And just when I, and so the, the last half of the podcast, I was just in my heart and I was like, you could feel the difference. So sometimes like in, yeah, doing the work with London, I was like, I wonder what the difference, I wonder, like I felt the truth. I felt the truth expression. And then I, and then I kind of like went back to like the lots of times in my life where I was like, oh shit, like I was put on an, I was putting on a show like in those times, like, and because I had so many walls up around actually expressing. Mm -hmm. So I went into performance mode because that's what I knew. Mm -hmm. And so I've had a few conversations recently with people that are performers that are like, yeah, but what's the difference between it being this like, okay, yeah, I can step into that character or archetype, but is it my truth? But I like what you said about you bringing, you accessing the truth first and then bringing that emotion to that thing. So if you're going to like, you know, you're going to go into the slut, it's like, when in my life have I really felt that and then infuse it in that? And I think that that is the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Some like the secret slut, like if I was to like first combine a movement that would embody the sacred slut i probably like open my legs and i probably yeah. do like this and like show off my pretty bits like whatever <laughs> i would use my body but then i also i would feel into like who is a man that is so inspired it's inspiring as fuck in his consciousness i would i would be a sacred slut for that man mm-hmm. i mean it's probably god so like if god was in front of me and, and he was in I don't know, like um, Christoph Waltz's, uh, I love him so much. If he was Christoph Waltz, you know, and God was inside of him. Like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I love him so much. I would be a sacred slut for him. And I could just imagine like, okay, if Christoph Waltz is in front of me and I was to go into like my sacred, I, I can do that. Mm-hmm. I can do that. And in a way, like this part was a little bit of performance because I'm using my body, but it helps me access that. Yeah. The body is such a powerful tool. Just like we were talking about earlier with softening the edges, soften the body. Is that performance? Like, no, mm-hmm. it's you softening your body, but you are taking a shape that you weren't taking before. You had to, you did to some extent have to consciously think, okay, now I'm going to do this. And I think performance is like that. Okay, now I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to use my body to do this certain thing. And then you bring in whatever your imagination wants to bring in to make it true for you. Yeah. And there's probably almost an element of like, sometimes it might feel like a show because it's your nervous system, like getting used to this new thing. It's like changing your nervous system to what it's been used to. So automatic, it kind of feels like actually, yeah, this is maybe a little bit accentuated right now. It's a little bit dramatic right now, but as I begin to cultivate it more, my nervous system gets used to this, Mm -hmm. then it won't feel like that going forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You have to, you have to be ready to play. Mm-hmm. It's of course like when I lead when I lead my clients through practices that they've never done before. I mean, we're we're talking about women who've ne- who who feel self conscious when they move their butt to the yeah. left and right, and, and I don't mean women. I mean humans. Mm-hmm. Same goes for me. Like three years ago, if 
it was mind blowing how uncomfortable I was with moving my own body in certain ways or making facial expressions. The first time I was told to embody anger, I froze. I froze. It was in front of 15 people, but they were like, we want to see you embody anger. And I was like, uh. <laughs> and they were like more. And I think it was the most awkward thing I've ever done in my life, to be mm-hmm. honest. Like I didn't, it, I was like a robot. I, and I was like, ah, <laughs> like, it, was, it was so weird. I, re- I just, I'm so glad I was not a fly on the wall to watch that. <laughs> but now I can go into it because I've spent the past couple of years yeah. accessing it mm-hmm. and it's taken practice times. That's where the masculine comes in. It's taken the containers where someone says, okay, Madeline, for the next 10 minutes, we're going to turn on Rage Against the Machine. Here's your plastic bat. You're going to feel your anger. For 10 minutes, there's a start and a stop. It won't be forever. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. And knowing that allows me to go into it. Um, mm. So that's why it's great to have community who tells yeah. you. Otherwise, you're not going to think to do this. You're not going to want to do it. The resistance is going to come up majorly if you do not have someone holding you accountable saying, do it, film it, send it to me. Hi, my loves. We are taking a very quick break to talk about today's show sponsor, which is a company that I love. You heard about them last week on the podcast. It is called Candor, and Candor is fiercely dedicated to creating a gold standard of transparency with all of their consumers so that you know exactly what you are consuming, you know what they're working on to make their products better, and they're really trying to change the way consumers are educated in any experience they have with buying products. They want you to know what you are consuming and they take a lot of pride in being a company that does research and also shares everything they know about the products they are making. But more specifically, because while I care about all of that, very important, I just love their coconut matcha latte. It is so creamy. It has MCT oils in it. It keeps me awake, but there's no schlump like a lot of other drinks give me throughout the day, like coffee does sometimes. So it gives me a mental performance and it is scientifically backed with doses of plant-based foods, delicious plant foods. So again, this is a coconut matcha nootropic latte. It is going to help you with focusing. It's going to help satisfy your appetite with that coconut milk and that MCT oil. It's going to protect your mind and body because it is research back plant medicine. And it will also help with gut health because it has prebiotic fibers inside. You're going to love this stuff. It's just really tasty. I've talked about this before, but I can't consume almond milk with any kind of mixes or powders because it gives me a headache. So anytime I drink a drink like this, it needs to taste really good with water. And this does. It tastes fabulous with water. And it's made by one of my really good friends, Monsol, who I met at UT whenever I was telling you that brief story. And he's been in the cutting edge of this nootropic landscape for a while. So I do trust him and I do trust these products and I think you're going to trust and love them too. They also have a day and night CBD oil if you are interested in trying that as well. But regardless, whatever you get, I have a feeling you're going to think it's super tasty and super helpful with your mental health clarity. So if you're ready to try it out, go to choosecandor.com forward slash Maddie. And then use the code MADDIE10 for 10% off. And that's all one word. And uh, MADDIE is all caps. So again, it is choosecandor.com forward slash MADDIE. And the code is MADDIE10 for 10% off. I will have all of this on the show notes for this episode. So just go there to click on the link, type in your code, get yourself this delicious matcha coconut latte nootropic awesome shashum shosh drink and enjoy. All right, let's head back to the podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, for sure. What's your relationship then with like coming from the fitness world of perfection, and then moving out? Of, uh, have you moved out of perfection? And what have you found? Um, have you found that that served you in any form? Mm, those are really good questions. I like the way you <laughs> phrased it. Um, yes, I have moved out of perfection. Mm-hmm. yeah that feels very true um uh yeah I, very few things um yeah very few things now come up where I'm like 
put your lipstick back in the line. Like if it's a little out, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> like if I have dirt on my dress, I'm like, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm just more relaxed because I've, I've realized, and it's not to say that we change because men like this way. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. And also it helps me to know that like, oh, they actually like this kind of stuff. I've realized in my work that men actually really like the messy feminine. And so I've allowed myself to be more messy in public and say, I say things that are a little more daring. Uh, and if it's primarily cause it feels good to me, but also I think it's received well. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. it doesn't really matter. I just know that it feels good to me to be much more in my mess and, and, uh, way less exhausting. It's way less exhausting. Um, besides, yeah. besides like the lipstick out of lines and dirt on your dress, what's, what's messy for you? Um, well, my emotions first, that's the first thing. My, my emotions are very, I cry once a day. Um, not recently though, probably cause where we are in like the Leo season, there's been a lot of like fiery energy and like, I'm, you know, we, we, good we, get, right it. we get it. We're like on fire right now. We're yeah. getting shit done. It feels good. Uh, but last month it was just <laughs> like, same. this bed was completely occupied by me all the time, crying and doing my practices <laughs> my body and just like, Oh my God. Um, yeah. And it's very, it's very messy at times. And w- sometimes whenever I do record videos where I reveal how I feel to my friends who are also in this work and they, they ask, they ask for it, they get it. Um, I still do this sometimes, but not always. Like part of the perfection is rewatching my videos, making sure my head wasn't raised up too much where it looks like I have a double chin and my eyes don't look like they're different sizes. Like I just would get so critical. Like Mm -hmm. here I am revealing my heart and crying on a video and I'm just making sure that I'm doing it beautifully. (laughs) Right. And I'm just like, do I look, what are they get? Will they be attracted to me? Am I pretty? Like what's, what's, and, and then I, now I just have a practice of recording it, whatever angle comes up and hitting send. And then the feedback I get of them saying, you're beautiful for your feelings. You're beautiful. Thank you for showing that. It's been so healing for me and whatever angle that, you know, arises. So that's the most messy thing in my life is just my my heart and it's constant yearning for love and attention and and communion and just like my needs and everything that makes me like I'm actually a baby I really am I'm like a newborn baby I I go out into New York City I end up crying because it's too stressful I come home I'm hungry I want to poop like I just like I'm all over the place as a baby New York has a way of bringing the baby out of me so much I really I feel my instinctual primal needs more here than anywhere else. Because belonging and community has been coming up for you here, right? Yeah. Mm. yeah, 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 yeah. And I, you know, you shared vulnerably like on your story recently and I'm in New York right now too. And I was, I was resonating with that as well. And I didn't know if it was because like, like I was like, am I just like, even in, in communities where I have like really good friends, like even though I have tribe and I've done a good job at like spreading that all around the world, like even though I'm there in those moments and I'm like, oh my God, I just love these people so much. I still have that thought that I'm like, but do I really belong here? Like I'm always like this feeling like this kind of, uh, and I didn't know it was because I have this something within me and maybe it's that fire that wants to just like, oh, uh, like create and like, just like almost tapping to that masculine essence of like, I do want to make an impact and I do want to like, cause why not? Like, why else am I here? Like, I want to do these things. And I was like, is that just like my ambition that's making me create my own disconnect from belonging or community? I don't know. But like what you said in your video on your story, like maybe you want to share it for people who didn't get to hear it, but like that really resonated. And you know, the, the feminine, as I'm tapping more into the feminine and the pleasure and that, that feeling and the, and allowing that yearn for love and stuff come out like it, it's shifting it. Mm. But also there's still that thing that just sits there of being like, but can I be okay with, with feeling like I want to like go to New, go to New York for six weeks or like, you know, go back to it, like go here, like go here and there. I used to judge myself for that, mm. but you were like, you know, you, you see it as a gift and you own it. Thank you. Yeah. I'm like tearing up as you're saying this. I don't know if you can tell because it, it's amazing how many comments I got yesterday and it, I already had my own longing and I'm like, I feel like 
hundreds of people's longings and I'm realizing how real of a problem problem right with quotation marks it's not an actual problem but it also kind of is like mm-hmm. and I'll share I'll share what I what I said in the in the story I have a good size following and I think people see me as someone that's always here and there and connected and I've got all this community and like blah 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 it's all so good and the first thing that I shared about this just to kind of summarize how little true deep relationships I have is I, I just came out and said I've been invited to two weddings in my entire life. One was a best friend from second grade that I've known my whole life and I couldn't make it. And I couldn't make it to the wedding. The other one was someone who came to my retreat. She came, she was a client. She came to my retreat and she was like, we'd love to have you at her wedding because you helped me. You saved my life in, in these ways, not save my life, but you know, you influenced me and that's it. Mm-hmm. Like I've, everyone is always telling me, oh, wait, everyone's about to get married. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like I don't, people don't consider me whenever it comes to inviting people to their wedding. I'm not, I don't even, I don't know what it's like behind the scenes, but I don't think I even make it to the, to the first round of lists mm-hmm. because while people see me, listen to me every single week, they're listening to my podcast, they're coming to my Instagram stories. They feel so close to me. They're, they're not, we're not best friends where we share our soul with each other. And I don't, I have so many people who are reaching out to me on a regular basis and I'm serving, I'm serving, I'm serving, I'm helping, I'm emailing back. I'm, there's so many people that I'm constantly coaching or trying to help. I have very little energy to follow up with people who want to have a phone call. Mm-hmm. The last thing I want to do at the end of the day is have another phone call to listen about your day-to-day life. I mean, I just don't, I'm so tired. I just want to nap. I just want to sleep and detox all the energy out. But this is hashtag projector. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Like I just want my my blanket, my bed, and Breaking Bad right now, which I'm rewatching. And it's a it's a lone it can be a lonesome life. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, because uh, that's like more new. Like I, I mean, I've I've been doing this for ten years, but really serving as many people as I'm doing because I kind of am OCD about getting back to everybody, which I'm really trying to work on. But that's more newer. I'm really realizing, oh, that's why I, you know, at this point of my life, why I have kind of a distance from people. But like five years ago, it's, it's simply because I, I have like, I, ha- I, I was born really knowing myself and I've always been very true to myself first and foremost. That's never been a problem for me. Yeah. It's never been an issue. I've always known who I am, know what I want, know how to get it, or at least make a plan to get it. And if I don't get it, then I'm like, what else do I want? I can be very eye centered yeah. and I've hurt people. I've hurt perfectly great relationships because what I wanted was more important than this friendship. And I have reasons for this. I'm self-aware. I know I was told some things as a child and they became stories in my life. Mm-hmm. I was told that I had problems with making friendships and I made it, I made that true. Yeah. And so I'm not blaming anyone who told me those things. And also I recognize that that was a story I was told at a very vulnerable young age and it was used against me and it made me wrong for it. And I never really could shake it. And I also was told that I know myself more than anybody else. Like, like my dad would always say, you know yourself better than anyone I've ever known. Like since you were five years old, you were so assertive. This is the outfit I'm wearing. This is the school I want to go to. Like, you know what you want. And I also loved that about, I also love that about myself. So when I look at all these different things and my love for travel and my love for venturing and being a free spirit and I want to love who I want to love and like all these different things, it created, it creates me who I am now, a business owner, a leader, a guide in some sense, and also someone who can be really shitty at for being very devoted to creating a solid friendship that's going to be lifelong. Mm -hmm. And it hurts me because I want to be the girl that's in these photos with the other girls that I've known since college. I look at these photos and there's like groups of women who were in my sorority, the sorority that I left because I wanted, I was on to the next school. I was in this school, built all these great relationships. And then like, like a thief in the night, I just, I'm going to a different school now. Bye. Disappeared. And then when I was done with that, I literally got in my car. When I was done with Austin, Texas, I graduated from school and I left 48 hours after getting the idea of leaving. I said bye to one person. Mm. And I just did this again. I just left Boulder and I'm living in New York City now. I said bye to a couple people. Booked it. Bye. You know, I traveled for five months with a boy that I met on our third date 
we met via Bumble on our third date. We decided to go travel together. I was like, bye friends. I'm going to go travel with this guy. And after that, I was like, all right, now I'm going to go live in New York. Like I am just by myself all the time. And what do, what do I want? Connection. <laughs> what are we going to do? Run away from it. Like Why do we do this? Like I honestly am like, I like you're speaking exactly my language. Like I do it all the time. Like I hate farewells, but I'll like, like you hate know, them, hate them. And then, and so I tell limited people where I am. And then like literally my sister the other day messaged me and she's like, you literally need a show that says keeping up with Sam Asa because nobody can. <laughs> Cause I'm like, Oh no, I'm here now. I'm here now. But why? Like, cause my number one thing is connection as well. So it's the farewell thing. It's so funny. I had like a retreat that was, um, I went to a retreat, not one that I hosted, but it was the end of a three day deep dive of cuddle puddles and acro yoga. And it was so yummy. And it was the last hour. And I was trying so hard to get the guy who drove us there to leave. I was like, I need to leave. I was making up lies. I was like, my boyfriend <laughs> is like, needs me to be at a certain event at a certain time. We got to go. And he was like, Madeline, just chill. We're all going to say bye. Well, and everyone's relaxed, hanging on the couch. And I'm having a panic attack because I need to leave right now. And it's like yesterday after I shared the story, everyone is giving me all this attention. They're like, me too. I so resonate. Thank you for sharing this. And all that felt so good. And then the one person that's like, you're not alone. I was like, fuck you. Yes, I am. I, she's the one person I didn't respond to. And it, I, I, it was this morning that I read it. So this is very much alive. This is not something that was like last year. Like today, she was like, you're not alone. I hear you. I see you. I'm like, no, you don't. Go away. I'm like, you're, you're projecting. <laughs> like the minute someone gives me love and the attention's all on me, like you're not alone. So interesting. And, and the best thing I think at you know the start that we can do is laugh and acknowledge like laugh at our human nature acknowledge and then acknowledge and just see what's happening yeah like i see it's cool that we see our patterns and we're aware of them the next step is to to breathe deeper and to soften the part of our body that wants to flee and i'm gonna do it should we do it now (laughs) oh just breathe let's do it and soften that part yeah let me sit with my cross legs Mm. yeah where are you holding the tension at the idea of staying and slowing down for connection where is that in your body mine's in my solar plexus like my god where's yours oh mine's in my jaw it's really Mm. where i hold a lot yeah i feel it right here yeah Mm. (sighs) yeah That's so good. So juicy. I think that's just like, that's the, that's the best remedy for the moments that we want to run. Yeah. When someone sees us, we get close. We feel connection. Mm -hmm. Because it's so funny. I always think about this. I'm like, Sammy, you literally chose a path in this world where you want to be seen. Yet, you constantly up against being seen. <laughs> and I'm like, obviously it's this kind of, you know, you look at in this journey of life, what I came here to do or whatever. It's like, maybe it was that it's like, it's the, my desire for connection and my, you know, that the depth and the connection that I want to experience yet I'll, I'll run. And, you know, my desire to be seen and to choose a path that like where I'm going to be seen and heard and yeah, try like, okay, don't do it then. If it's like that much of it's bringing stuff up, don't do it. But then there's no part of me that cannot not do it. It's like, okay, cool. Like then let's move toward it and breathe and soften the edges and move through it in. And because then in the way in which maybe this, this conversation is resonating with somebody and it's helping somebody, it's like, that's why it's like we, we share this stuff because yeah, we are, we are like go, going through it and maybe that's the journey, but then there's somebody else that needs to hear it so that they can do their thing. And I love that we're all just connected. And when we just share this stuff, it's like, Oh, like I needed to hear that. Or, Oh, that was reminded me of something. And I yeah. love that that happens. Like what yeah. your video did. Yeah, that was, I mean, then I was like, whoa, this is awesome. I'm sad because we all, we're all longing. So there's part of it that is sad and there's part of it that's very awesome. Mm-hmm. And we're all like coming together about this. And I also think of it like 
So I think some people, but we all have our different paths. We all have our different purposes. And I think that if I spent the last 28 years of my life being very committed and devoted to those friendships, wouldn't be here. Wouldn't be here. Right. If I was, if I was stayed in Arkansas, uh, for finishing school and I stayed with the sorority sisters and I stayed with my partner and I, I was very devoted. I would have a different life. Would yeah. it be a great life? Most likely I'd mm-hmm. find my way to a great life. It would be different though. And I think because I've been here, there, everywhere and fiercely devoted to me, I've built what I've built. I've been committed to sharing my truth. And because I've been committed to sharing my truth and being vulnerable on air and broadcasting my dirty laundry and my entire life for all to hear and been devoted mm-hmm. to that mission, I have helped so many people. And mm-hmm. I'm so grateful I am exactly the way I am without having those super deep friendships because I've got my family, which I love and I'm super close with. And I'm starting to focus on one friend. Like <laughs> Melanie, wherever you are out there, like you know, I'm talking about you right now. We're we're really diving into our friendship. And yeah. It's it's, it's very beautiful. You mm-hmm. may cross you may cross paths with her at some point. She does mm-hmm. this work. She's in this world. Amazing. Yeah. And and I like I have some really deep friendships. Like I love them mm-hmm. so much, which is so great. But there's just like, you know, there's part of me that goes, okay, this is this is my pattern. I go, okay, I've been traveling. Now I'm ready to go back and like build a foundation and build a tribe and stay in one place. And then like six weeks later, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> um, but I have amazing friendships, like, which is, I'm so grateful for like deep friendships, like, a, you know, like that cluster you can hold in your hand that are spread out because they're all the same, like doing, mm-hmm. doing great things. But then it's just like that long for tribe, like to come together. Um, yeah. Can I, I want to add one more thing to this. Okay. Too, Cause I, as you're talking, I have so many friends. Yes. Like my entire phone is filled with friendships. We're talking about all these different vulnerable things. I think because we know too the depth of a bond, like how, how deep a human can go, like maybe our definition too of deep friendships and what we're longing for is like what we know is possible and, right. and, and, and deep, 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 deep. Whereas think- like the other friendships we have might actually be pretty normal, like to what other people have, you know, it's just it's just very interesting because I do have a lot of friends who I, I could call at any moment. It's just, it's just, they're not in my physical proximity. Yeah. That's what I want. I want and we create that. <laughs> right. That's, that, that's the main thing. Yeah. When it, like the person who's living, breathing in the flesh is close to you, then we book it, but we're still friends. We just call each other and we FaceTime. Like that's the, the theme I think is like we're calling yeah. in the physical human form next to us to be our friend <laughs> and then we just like and then they're there and we're like well now I'm gonna move here yeah <laughs> yeah and it's so funny because I can actually stay really close with people even if I'm not in prox- proximity but I find that the other person can't right so then I get triggered by the fact that I'm like oh so now they no longer like you know will yeah. like want to be you know so and that's just their thing it's like proximity is like better for them but it's such a it's such a funny thing to look at and I love that and I also love the like um I know we have to wrap things up in a second but I also love like how the this masculine and feminine work um can bring out the depth in relationships the depth in I think this is wise because you're in this work and it shows you the depth of connection that you can experience to your own self and your own masculine and feminine but to the people that you are relating to. And I think that's wise. Like this work is powerful for that. Yeah. You know, like when you experience that kind of eye fucking like energetically, when you're like locked in with someone and you like almost pass out because their gaze is so intense and you love it so much. Like it's very hard. It's very hard to, 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 to have relationships and friendships physically in person that aren't that you want Mm -hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And you can always create that too. It only takes one person really to, to bring it to that level, which is what's so powerful about all this. But yeah. So good. I remember I met um, a beautiful friend in Vancouver. <laughs> when it was like a Tuesday, we're around and she's like, oh, what do you want to do? And I was like, should we eye gaze? <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> what is that? Sorry. <laughs> but um, yeah, then we start doing weird things like that to really deepen our connection. But I love it. I love mm-hmm. being weird. Maddie, you're amazing. Like, thank you so much for sharing this today. And do you have any last thing that you want to, that you want to feel into that you feel like expressing that would really round out our conversation today? Mm. Well, 
feminine i'm just like here and there everywhere all the different things um all all i would say is that all all these pieces the all these pieces that anyone feels coming up for them right now is perfect it's where you're supposed to be whatever you feel right now act as if that is exactly where it is supposed to be in your life where you're supposed to be in your life whether you're like us and you like to flee and you're you're a a wonder lusting traveling fiery soul or you're like water and you're super intuitive and emotional and you just feel all the things like whatever's whatever's coming up for you in life is exactly how it's supposed to be and it's perfect that's where i would like to end that i love it well thank you for joining me and where can people go to find out more about you and your work you can go to maddymoon.com, M-A-D-D-Y, moon.com. And <clears throat> my podcast, Mind Body Musings, is on my website, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. That has been around for the for about six years now, every week, and a new episode. So lots of episodes to dive into. And you can also find me where I am very active on Instagram, at Madeline Moon, M-A-D-E-L-Y-N Moon. Epic. Oh, also, I have, I have a new free gift that I'm super excited about because if anyone is interested in embodiment practices to help go into their feminine deeper, I recorded an audio with four embodiment practices that are all less than 10 minutes. So you can get that on my website as well. Okay. And that's gold because I talk about embodiment work all the time and people are like, what are you talking about? And then you do a practice and they're like, oh, that's it. So go there and grab that. I highly recommend. Thank you so much. I deeply honor you and respect you and love the work that you do in this world and how you show up. So yeah, thank thank you. you. Thank you for having me. It's so fun.